0: Good morning, everyone. This is Constitutional Attorney Katherine Henry, and this is your Thursday's Constitution Segment Recap. We had a very lengthy discussion on Tuesday on our full episode of Restore Freedom Weekly, where we went over the uh, exec- the statutes that the uh, Michigan Governor Executive Orders and MDHHS Emergency Orders have been written on in the last few years. And uh, we went over some of those important court cases that uh, made some big decisions about those orders. Cases that involved the legislature, that of course involved the governor, that involved some private parties. Some cases that started at the beginning of it all in the spring of 2020. And some cases that are currently pending in the Michigan Court of Appeals. So uh, it is just a recap that we are going to go over today. If you want to learn more about each of those things and all the details involved, I would ask you to go ahead and listen to or watch the entire episode from uh, Tuesday but this, like I said, is our Constitution Segment Recap of Restore Freedom Weekly. Again, the topic was EOs and the Michigan Supreme Court. What, what law was actually struck down and why? What's happening now? Covering the 1945 EPGA, the 1976 EMA, the 1976 Public Health Code. And looking at, is it a separation of powers violation? Are there individual liberties violations? What about other constitutional violations? So this is just the simple recap, and uh, you can, of course, get uh, the full discussion uh, by watching the full episode. And we also ask on Tuesday, we have a true or false question of the day or of the week. Um, So our question was, in October of 2020, the Michigan Supreme Court declared the EPGA unconstitutional as a violation of the separation of powers. This rendered all of the governor's EOs invalid. All EOs issued under the Public Health Code since that time are likewise unconstitutional, even though the Michigan Supreme Court has refused to clarify this to date. So in case you did not see that or get to answer that, uh, I would encourage you to think about the answer and uh, we'll of course go over what that answer is at the very end of this recap. So, as I mentioned, there were some uh, important cases that we talked about. We talked about uh, the legislature suing the governor. We talked about the Midwest Health case suing the governor in federal court that got um, essentially pushed over to the Michigan Supreme Court and the Iron Pig versus MDHHS. Uh, That link there is the case documents link um, at the bottom of that, uh, that tiny URL link we have for you. So we went over um, not every single document that's available in most cases, but the main ones that I would strongly encourage you to look through, at least look at the table of contents of each of the briefs and then read each of the shorter, you know, one or two page documents that are available. Okay, so we went over the fact that all of those uh, COVID-19 EOs were unconstitutional. Uh, I did put a little note up here that the uh, anytime you see Constitution 1963 that equals the Michigan Constitution that is how you are supposed to cite the Michigan Constitution. Uh, I have often changed that or modified that when I'm doing these episodes or Constitution segment recaps just to say the Michigan Constitution to make it perfectly clear to people who are not attorneys Uh, what I'm talking about, but uh, I already had all this stuff prepared, and then I realized I had done it the proper way instead of more of the common sense way, so I just wanted to alert you to that. So separation of powers. Well, the initial way that they are unconstitutional, and that would be all of these EOs, the emergency orders, uh, the governor's executive orders, And uh, I am talking specifically about the ones in Michigan because this is mostly about the Michigan parts of the, uh, the parts of the Michigan state constitution, but I also do have parts of the U.S. Constitution in here. So if you are not from Michigan and your state has had any kind of other uh, similar executive orders or Department of Health and Human Services, uh, any kind of emergency orders, things like that, uh, these segments would apply as well. Uh, So separation of powers, Uh, It is a direct violation to issue these orders and try to use them as regulations upon the people uh, by looking at Article 3, Section 2 of the state constitution, as well as Article 4, Section 1. That is the one that says only the legislature has the legislative authority due process, a ton of due process violations, but just the highlights. We are guaranteed in Article 1, Section 17 of the Michigan Constitution and the Fifth Amendment and 14th Amendments of the U.S. Constitution due process where we will not be denied any life, liberty, or property without due process of law. However, If you look at Michigan Constitution Article 4, Section 22, legislation is required to be enacted by bill, yet they're trying to enforce these EOs as laws. Uh, Article 4, Section 25. You cannot amend any kind of state law without reprinting the full text of each law that you are trying to change. So with every EO or things like the Freedom of Information Act, the Open Meetings Act, um, even fire codes and licensing uh, laws, things like that, all of those were um, trying to be, and many, many more, were modified by each and every one of these EOs, and yet not a single one of those laws was even cited, let alone reprinted in full in the text of these EOs. Article 4, Section 27, a law must wait 90 days to be effective unless a supermajority of the state legislature votes to give it immediate effect. And yet all of these EOs either went into immediate effect or had some very short time frame involved. Um, I think the longest might have been two weeks out. But nonetheless, no majority, no supermajority of the state legislature approved of having these go into immediate effect. Article 4, Section 23. Every single law in the state of Michigan has to begin with the title or with the wording, the people of the state of Michigan enact. And clearly, these EOs do not start that way because truly the people of the state of Michigan did not enact these laws. And so this is uh, something right in our state constitution that is not being followed. Article 4, Section 24. No law shall embrace more than one subject. I'm sure you are all very well aware of the fact that when these EOs were doing things from shutting down certain businesses to talking about the capacity of of being able to be in certain businesses or whether you have to wear masks or uh, have contact tracing or, you know, uh, have essentially be stuck to your own home or face prosecution uh, that you can't buy uh, seeds or paint or whatever. Uh, We were talking about far more than um, just the um, one subject at a time rule. Uh, And good morning um, to those of you watching in Gainesville, Florida right now, and the rest of you who I'm guessing are probably in Michigan or beyond. Um, So why do I bring up all of those? Because those are probably less, um, seemingly less important to the average person well, because it's important that laws are enacted in the uh, appropriate way that is required by the Constitution, because if... The government's allowed to just enact regulations of the people in any old way, however they see fit, and there's no rhyme and reason to it. There's no systematic uh, procedures that have to take place. How can we, the people, ever have a say in stopping something from going through? How can we know it was done correctly? Um, How can we participate in the process at all? We can't. So it's already hard enough and it's already, you know, seemingly so far out of reach for so many people to participate in any uh, branch or function of government. Could you imagine the complete disarray and anarchy that would exist if the government just got to do whatever the heck it wanted to and had no um, parameters? There are parameters. And although these uh, first ones we went over are procedural in nature, well, it's due process, right? that procedure, that process is what is required by our state constitution. And then, of course, we have significant issues with being deprived um, our property, our ability to run our businesses, go to work, uh, utilize second homes, whatever the case may be, um, or even repair damage to um, our Principal residents, things like that were definitely happening in 2020, at least in Michigan. Um, and then, of course, jail time, being threatened with jail time and uh, fines and all that if you violated one of these EOs. Uh, good morning. Oh, I have Carol and Karen on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, thank you for joining me this morning. And of course, these EOs are also unconstitutional because, well, they impaired our contracts. And we've talked about that in depth. I won't do that again here, but just as an example, if you are um, an employer and you have employees, you have that maybe some sort of employment contract with your employees, what were you supposed to do when you were told your business is not essential, you're not supposed to have it open, and yet you're supposed to be... um, engaging in this contract where your employees are required to do or not do certain things for your business, or you have a contract with your vendors. Uh, You are supposed to be purchasing, you know, if you're a restaurant, you're supposed to be purchasing uh, produce or dairy products or whatever the case may be on usually a regular basis. How do you follow through on that if the vendors were considered, um, not essential, or if you weren't sure if you were, or if your business was told, you know, you could only do outdoor dining or something like that, and you're not set up for that. Any of those kinds of things would definitely be an impairment of contract. And that's something guaranteed to us by Article 1, Section 10 of the state constitution and Article 1, Section 10 of the U.S. Constitution. Of course, we're required uh, to be provided equal protection of the law and uh, Michigan Constitution, article one, section two, and the fifth amendment and 14th amendment of the US constitution. And clearly when different restaurants or different businesses are treated differently under the law, and um, there's really no justification whatsoever um, other than, well, really, nope, there was just no justification, nothing based in science in uh, medicine or in common sense. That would be a definite and clear equal protection violation. We are also guaranteed the ability to peacefully assemble, which we were obviously denied, to be able to provide consultation to our government representatives, uh, instruction, and be able to petition our government for redress of grievances. That is all found in Article 1, Section 3, and almost all of those wordings are found also in the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I think the one that's not in there is to consult with our government. But nonetheless, the whole concept remains and we were denied the ability to do all of that. For example, uh, those of you, uh, unless you were under a rock, you probably do know that I was the um, lead attorney and founder of the Restore Freedom Initiative, a constitutional amendment petition in Michigan. And I can tell you firsthand how difficult it was to be able to collect the near half million signatures that we needed to get on the ballot because uh, everything was shut down and people were told they had to stay home and they couldn't assemble. And all of that. So um, some people were afraid to open the door because they thought, oh, the government's going to stop. You know, they're going to have an issue because there's an order that says I can't have people over at my house. Uh, So that was a definite intrusion upon those rights. Freedom of worship. Obviously, if you're not allowed to go places, if our churches are being told you're not supposed to um, function as they were at least initially, and certainly there were implications afterwards, that's violating clearly Article 1, Section 4 of our state constitution and the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Searches and seizures. We are guaranteed to be free from unreasonable searches and seizures. uh, From Article 1, Section 10. No, that can't be right. Um, I must have mixed that up somehow. But anyway, it is in our state constitution. Um, Yeah, I will tell you guys what the correct one is because... Oh, I do believe. Yep, it's 11. Sorry about that, guys. Searches and seizures. The correct one would be Article 1, Section 11 of the state constitution. And of course, we are guaranteed that in the Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. We also then have the, um, well, the fact that power is inherent in the people. Of course, I didn't put this in here, but that would be Article uh, 4, Section 4 being guaranteed that Republican form of government where the people retain ultimate control and authority. That's in the U.S. Constitution. Um, And in the Ninth Amendment, uh, well, before I say that, um, the um, uh, State Constitution, Article 1, Section 1, uh, talks about that very concept that. Uh, all political power is inherent in the people, not in the government officials that say they have all the power. Um, But more importantly, we are guaranteed that our government is supposed to protect and secure and defend All the rights God gave us, even the ones that are not listed in the Constitution, those are called our unenumerated rights, and that is guaranteed to us in the state constitution, article 1, section 23. Uh, Other states like Florida and uh, most other states, if not all, do also have the same uh, part in their state constitutions, but you can also find that language guaranteed to all, all of us across the country by the Ninth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. All right. So what about those rights? How are we supposed to be able to exercise those? We've been told for years that these rights um, exist uh, essentially um, not in a vacuum, right? That we we have these rights where um, it's more, well, let me put it this way. Um, when I was debating the um, mandates on uh, Fox 2 Detroit on the Let It Rip show in, uh, well, three months ago now against one of the lead liberal attorneys, uh, in Michigan. And, uh, one of his basic arguments or his, his only argument was really that, uh, our rights are not to be enjoyed individually, that they're instead rights that are given to us as a collective, as a group, as a society to be enjoyed as a society. Right. It's all about like socialism, uh, communism, at fact. But um, in fact, I said, no, these are individual liberties. And we did a whole episode devoted to how that is obviously the truth that we have individual liberties guaranteed to us but how are we supposed to be able to exercise those? Well, again, the whole point of why we created government and have this society is that so we could live together uh, in a society where the exercise of my rights does not trample the exercise of your rights. So, um, you know, I can acquire my own property uh, through the fruits of my labor and somebody is not going to be allowed to come over and just Destroy my property or take it for their own uh, use, uh, without you know appropriate agreement and just compensation to me. Um, so we want to make sure that we're enjoying our rights uh, in a way that's not destroying the ability of. Uh, you know, our neighbors and everybody else to enjoy their rights. But what does it really mean in terms of what the government is doing? If you're not directly impacting the rights of other people um, and not just hurting their feelings, but actually tangibly uh, impacting the rights of other people, then guess what? The government is supposed to back off, get out and leave us alone because our rights are are to be exercised undiminished. Uh, that wording is guaranteed to us in the preamble, of the Michigan Constitution, and Article One, Section Four, and that's also found in uh, Article Five, Section Twenty-Nine. Our rights are to be exercised unrestrained, Article One, Section Five of the state constitution, unabridged, Article One, Section Five of the state constitution, and uh, the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, the Fourteenth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, in Sections One and Two, uh, the Fifteenth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. The 19th Amendment, the uh, 24th Amendment, and the 26th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, they are truly to be exercised unabridged. Our rights are to be exercised uninfringed, guaranteed under Article 1, Section 17 of our state constitution and the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Unviolated Article 5, Section 8 of the U.S., or excuse me, state constitution and um, the Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Undenied Article 1, Section 2, and Section 23 of the State Constitution, the Ninth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, 14th Amendment, Sections 1 and 2, the 15th Amendment, the 19th Amendment, the 24th Amendment, the 26th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. They're not supposed to deny us our rights. You think this would be exceedingly clear to these idiots, but I guess not. Undeprived. Our rights are to be exercised in a manner that is undeprived to us at all. In Article 1, Section 17 of our state constitution, the Fifth Amendment and 14th Amendment of our U.S. Constitution, our rights are to be exercised, unabused and unusurped, both guaranteed in our Declaration of Independence itself. So what does this mean? Again, this is just the Constitution Segment Recap. The entire episode is much longer, gives you much more information, and is available um, also on our YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Rumble channels. But let's take a look at that true or false question we started with, and that was posted on Tuesday. In October of 2020, the Michigan Supreme Court declared the EPGA unconstitutional as a violation of the separation of powers. This rendered all of the governor's EOs invalid and MDHs. MDHHS as well, all EOs issued under the public health code since that time are likewise unconstitutional, even though the Michigan Supreme Court has refused to clarify this to date. So is that true or false? I'm assuming you know by now. It is true. The Michigan state constitution, like most other state constitutions, expressly forbids the officials in one branch of government from exercising the powers of another branch of government. The separation of powers is much more than just a doctrine that they keep calling it. It is literally in the actual language of our state constitution. Those words actually appear in the state constitution. Separation of powers. It's in there. It's not just a doctrine or a figment of anybody's imagination, which was actually argued by not only the governor, but the then acting director of MDHHS, Robert Gordon, At the time, I was trying to fight with the Michigan Supreme Court to go ahead and make it obvious that the governor was not allowed to issue these other orders under other statutes as well. Of course, they didn't listen to me then. Any law repugnant to the Constitution is void, of course. Marbury versus Madison in many cases afterwards said that coming from the um, Article 6 of the U.S. Constitution. So if you want to watch the full episode, the link to that is in the description of this video as well as right here. Uh, You can also see the relevant case documents that were provided on Tuesday. We went over in detail all those documents. You can click that and then there are clickable links to each of the other documents in there. Um, So don't worry about writing this down. You can um, go ahead and see that link in other places as well. And I do believe I also put it in the description of today's um, video. So, um, yes, I too, uh, talking to Amy and others on YouTube, she says, I wish more folks took uh, learning our constitution seriously. Uh, yes, I do as well. So please, whatever you can do to share the constitution, to share the purpose of government, to share these truths with your friends, neighbors, relatives, uh, your the people you go to church with and work with and strangers on the street. If anybody has been purchasing any of our Restore Freedom gear uh, this year, I have been trying to remember to send you at least two business cards for Restore Freedom every single item that you buy in the hopes that you will then use those business cards to uh, share the word. There's QR codes on there. So you can hand them to somebody that you meet or somebody that you know already is engaged in the freedom fight, but maybe doesn't have the tools necessary to really make good strides. Uh, Share those business cards with everybody and, um, all of our social media and, uh, other resources are linked to, um, talked about on the, those business cards. So I share those with you in the hopes you will share the information with others and we can get information out there so we can truly work together in this fight for freedom. So, um, thank you, Charlie and YouTube and Andrew and Amy, uh, everyone else, uh, for joining us on Facebook and YouTube this morning. Um. And those of you who might be watching on Twitter, I can't see if you're commenting. That doesn't work through my StreamYard uh, system here. Uh, We will definitely give you some great freedom fighting tools on tomorrow's Friday freedom fighting tool episode. Uh, I tried to say that three times fast. And (laughs) um, I tried to generally give you three I couldn't narrow it down to three, given all that's going on. So you have uh, more tools at your disposal. That will be tomorrow. Uh, This Saturday, we will be going over this week's Restore Freedom Goodie. It's a little bit different than what we've been highlighting in the past. So I hope that you will sincerely take a look at that and see if you can support us in that way. Uh, And of course, on Sunday, we'll go over our biblical insight for this week's topic. And we look forward to seeing you well, next Tuesday for our next full episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. Thanks so much, guys. I hope you have a wonderful day and an absolutely wonderful weekend.